0: I'm Brenda Lone Baker, leadership coach and speaker. Welcome to Fearless Females, Redefining Success in Women's Leadership. I'm passionate about helping women be more than they ever dreamed they could. This podcast records conversations with highly successful women in all kinds of careers. They share their learning and their experiences to help you create a roadmap to your leadership success. So welcome back, everybody. This is the second part of our conversation with Gretchen von Grossman, architect and urban planner, um, talking about her non-traditional career trajectory. And uh, we're gonna get into some of the the advice that she has for some other fearless females and what they might do to help them on their path, whatever that is. So thanks. Thanks for being back, Gretchen. And Thank you. I, I think my next question for you is, you know, what do you really see as the key to gaining the respect of your direct reports?
1: I feel that the key is to treat, Them with respect, to respect the energy that they invest in their projects, their career, how they care about their work, and the input and experience that they have to offer to solve any issue that might arise or any need on their project. I'm always focused on trying to let them make decisions and helping to guide those decisions where I can, helping to fill in information they may not be aware of, but letting them make the decision in the end and take the action and not take the reins away from them. I feel the one thing I've learned over the years is when you do that, when you take the reins away from someone, it's, it's demoralizing. And, uh, People get invested in these projects and they consider them their own. You have to let them let them do that and let them be successful on their own accord.
0: That's awesome. and how about you know gaining the respect of the people that you report to? Uh,
1: I think in part, it's that reliability and always being there and always really being willing to go the extra mile. But also a piece of it is that you have to be able to share the bad news or the hard news early and in a way that you're, shows that you're trying to protect them from the consequences of that as much as possible and advise them about how to navigate the issue with any solutions you could come up with so that they stay out of the quicksand and not not get into trouble you want to make sure that you're covering them and and taking care of them and not sending them out on the gangplank so to speak
0: Mm -hmm. is there something because that's that's interesting and i know from my work that that's one of the key things that women especially but all people have trouble with is you know, those difficult conversations, right? Having that ability to say, oh, this might not be good. How do I, I don't want to go approach this, right? But so what do you think helped you be able to say, no, it's important enough to broach it?
1: Well, strangely enough, I would say it was my training in architecture. It was instilled in us, throughout the training that we would be professionals and our job was to lead. Our job was to advise. Our job was to make the tough decisions and keep people safe in a building, but also uh, create a a transformative experience in a building, both, all of the above. So um, I am always thinking about that, that it is my job to make sure this goes well, and is my job to, to lead the situation as needed, and so I jump in with both feet, and go, and try to be as diplomatic
0: as possible. Were there any tools that they gave you when they were teaching you that it was your job to lead, or just saying, it's your job to lead, do it?
1: that's that's exactly it and architecture school is really
0: famous for
1: you know you're you're arriving at school you don't know how to draw you'll figure it out over the next five years good luck oh gosh (laughs) fun yeah yeah exactly throw throw you right into the deep end and hope you swim
0: wow (laughs) Um, how how do you think communication has affected your success in leadership
1: So again, being able to convey the benefits of good design articulately, I hope, and then also um, to show how they benefit users or the public or the clients um, has meant that I've been able to make projects more successful and and I think that's helped me climb the ladder and get better positions throughout. I've one story that I always think of um in terms of how communication my communication really made a difference in an instance and I was in Brookline and we were doing a project to redesign what's really almost a highway that goes through Brookline, Route 9. Mm-hmm. And uh, we had developed some design alternatives. We were at a public meeting. The, the uh, community members are very vocal, very active in Brookline, a lot of fun to work with. Um, and I had the unusual position in a town that really likes their parks to try to put forward the idea that a parcel of residual land that we were going to make available was probably not the right location for a park. And my client said, wow, I don't know if you even wanna get up in front of these people and say that, that's not gonna go well. And I said, yeah, but you know what? It really is kind of the right solution here. So do you mind if I give it a shot? And he said, no, go ahead. So I did. And we came out of that meeting and the community agreed that it sh- it didn't need to be a park, that it was really better off as a building parcel. And my client said, I've never seen anything like that before in my life. <laughs> How did you do that? And I'm like, I don't know. You were there. You saw the whole thing. So um, it was really, I was able to walk through with everyone exactly what the des- design parameters were that indicated that you know, as, as a park, it was going to be annoying. It was going to have traffic noise. It, it was going to be too small. It, it 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 wasn't going to achieve what they wanted from a park. So let's put a building there and it'll serve the neighborhood better. And it worked. That's so, so
0: cool. It's, it really reminds me of um, some of the coaching that I teach where if you can really get in touch with what the other person or the other people's win is you're going to be able to explain things in a very different way still considering your own win you know or everybody winning but just knowing what's in it for them and what their most important features are what what's really they're looking for their result then you can really explain it in a way that you're bringing them in because you're taking their results into consideration
1: exactly exactly yeah. that
0: that's awesome um and and i'm from the brookline area i actually grew up in newton so i can imagine how difficult that would have been <laughs> They are very vocal and very knowledgeable and i can imagine that must have been quite the meeting so what really fuels you professionally
1: uh that commitment to trying to make the world a better place in the 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 physical world and by virtue of making the physical world a better place we hope to make the rest of the the spiritual world the social world the 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 places of human connection better Mm um and 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 more beautiful that's the other thing. I think there's never there's incredible beauty in the world, but we can always have more, and it's always useful. So, and and the other piece is functional. You know, the, how can it serve people better, make life more convenient, more easily, more comfortable, more. Uh, I don't know. Um, Thanks. Better, better, and always. Um, so that's what really fuels me.
0: How about personally?
1: what fuels me personally. Mm -hmm. I I don't know that I would distinguish the two. I would
0: say it's the same. That's awesome.
1: Making the world a better place any way I can think of.
0: I think that's um, a really big key. That for happiness in your career is to have things that fuel you in and out of career, you know, to pick a career or have a company that has some of those same beliefs that you do.
1: Well put. Indeed. I completely agree.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you. Um, Did you early in your career or along the path have any women role models?
1: Uh, Unusually, I did. Yes. Um, Boston, even 20, 30 years ago, had more women professionals in leadership in public space design and architecture than most cities or most regions across the country. Uh, and a great example would be on the Big Dig, uh, the Massachusetts Highway Department, their department. Uh, director of planning and their director of urban design were both women. Um, Both became mentors and good friends of mine and showed me the ropes and took good care of me and my colleagues. Um, And the public sector often has more women in leadership roles, um, probably because of diversity goals that are required to commit in part Um, and so in other roles on the big dig there were uh, female chief engineers leading major engineering contracts there was a lead landscape architect who was female and, and many many roles so it was a more diverse environment that i got to spend five years of my early career doing really interesting work and and um, I'm really fortunate that I had that opportunity.
0: How do you think it really benefited you? What do you think were some of the the ways that that helped you?
1: I think it, it showed me women exerting leadership behaviors that I could model. Yeah. Um and, and and really very much like that. So that I could see a woman leading a meeting and learn from that and learn that I could put myself out there the same way right. and it would probably work for me. And it did work right. like a charm.
0: That's great. Um that's definitely one of the things that I hear is that that's one of the hardest things for women. If they don't have a female to look at, or if the female that they're looking at isn't someone they could be, mm-hmm.
1: they right. can't
0: see themselves in that position.
1: Interesting. Yeah.
0: And, and I purport that you don't have to look like that leader that you're looking at, whether it's a woman or a man or whatever you can be a leader in a different way and still be really successful.
1: Right. Right. The other thing I would say too, is that I learned from them how to be fearless uh, because they were fearless. They went way out of their way to pursue what they really believed was important, even if it was very unpopular. And they were both very successful at getting those ideas carried forward um, and absolutely fearless about it. Uh, so that was modeled for me in my early career, very strongly.
0: That's great um, and helpful because if you're seeing someone else be fearless, it's kind of easier to see what it looks like.
1: Yes, it absolutely- Although it
0: still doesn't make it less scary to do it.
1: It helps a little.
0: <laughs> yeah, right. So if you could go back and give your sixteen-year-old self some advice, what would you tell sixteen-year-old Gretchen?
1: Oh, I'd tell her it's gonna be okay. That uh that I would that you're gonna make it. You're really gonna make it. And, um, the, you have the tools in a, in the form of a work ethic and an understanding of what you're passionate, uh, what you're passionate about to be able to make it.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's awesome. You said something interesting there that I want to ask about. How do you define work ethic? Um,
1: Work ethic is your affection for work. I enjoy working hard at something I really care about. And that was modeled very clearly for me by, in my family. Um, and I absorbed it. And I I think that's one of the best gifts my family gave me was that the the desire to work hard at what I really believed in.
0: Mm -hmm. I love that. Um, if a young woman came to you asking for your advice on how to, become a leader, what might you tell her?
1: Well, I think one aspect of being a leader is uh, developing an expertise. Um, Becoming uh, an expert in some subject matter that allows you to speak with authority. Um, I think another piece is developing a strong sense of compassion and empathy for other people and listen carefully and respond to what you hear carefully. Do not gloss over. Do not fail to answer the question. Respond to the person and their interests and their needs from you and um, the, develop the passion for what you're doing, Pro- project it, project the excitement and the passion and um, let that carry you through the hard times and also communicate to the people you're working with about what's important and what's to be valued and what can create success.
0: That's fantastic. Thank you. Um, Who do you look up to as a leader?
1: Oh, so many people.
0: (laughs) Or maybe, maybe some, you know, if you can give me one or two people and, and just their driving characteristic that kind of, Sure. Um,
1: well, one example would be Madeleine Albright and her genius in diplomacy and being able to navigate the subtleties of international policy to get real things achieved in a real world and often you know difficult issues that she had to address that involve human health and safety and wars and mm-hmm. criminal behavior and and just her ability to work with the full gamut of world leaders to try to to try to do that um, I really admire that level of diplomacy Mm
0: -hmm. and aspire to that. She's, she's amazing. I posted a video about her recently and it was, it was so great. The things she said, um, as we close up, I wanted to give you the opportunity. I know you love Boston and I always want to ask a fun question at the end. Um, but you know, what's your favorite Boston locale? What's What do you love about Boston?
1: What I I love about Boston is uh, through my years in the Big Dig, we got to touch almost every inch of downtown. And I know it that well. And then in later years, when I had my own firm, we got to do neighborhood master plans for many of the neighborhoods across the city. So. I love the small hole in the wall pubs, bars, cafes that are run by people who live in the neighborhood, who've been there forever, and um, going and spending time in those kind of old time Boston haunts. Those are my favorite things in Boston. And I can, a a great example to me is in. Savin Hill in the commercial district, uh, Vietnamese deli with the best banh mi's on the face of the planet, and they've been there for so many years, and they're such an institution, and the food is amazing,
0: and uh, it's a lot of fun to go there, and it's one of my favorite places to go. That's really neat. Haven't been there, so I'll have to check it out. Um, I want to open it up. Is there anything else that you want to share to the with the fearless females that are listening
1: um i just want to say be fearless don't hesitate life is too short you you can really achieve anything you want to if you just put yourself out there um
0: go for it that's That's awesome thanks gretchen i so appreciate your time I'm so excited for people to hear this podcast and hear some of the things that you shared. So I appreciate you spending your time with me today.
1: Thanks. It was a ton of fun, Brenda. It really was. Thank you for letting me do this.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much to all of our listeners for joining. Please spread the word and share what you've learned here with other women. If there's someone you think that needs to be interviewed for Fearless Females, Redefining Success, in Women's Leadership, please connect me with her. For more information, you can check out my website, www.innerovation.com. You can like Inner Ovation on Facebook, follow me, Brenda Lone Baker, on Instagram or Twitter, and try to stay in touch. I hope y'all have a great day.